This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige and engineering first. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to the World's Best Construction Podcast. I'm your host, Fred, and as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Liam Marsh and Luke Bly. Lucky dip, guys. Let's come to Luke first this week. How you doing, mate? Oh. Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. I was at um, Blenheim Palace at the weekend in Oxfordshire in the Cotswold. It was gorgeous. And Fred, they got a little train. They got a little train that takes you from the gardens to the actual palace have you been to Blenheim before I have went for my birthday this year it was a uh, beautiful beautiful no, place no you didn't no, I did you didn't. It, it, it is stunning it is one of the best like it's not National Trust is it it's its own thing but it's like one of the best like palaces houses I think in the UK it's gorgeous yeah, I think you, you struggle to find yeah you struggle to find a more British day out I think it's, it's like yeah. the, the yeah, quintessential mate. English countryside Winston Churchill you know yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was it was really good, mate. It was really really nice. Nice to be out. It was windy, but um, it's starting to brighten up a little bit. How are you, Fred? You okay, mate? What's the crack? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. My son has turned turned eight on Saturday, so we had a we had a busy old weekend. Basically, we had like mm. fun day on Saturday. We had family over, presents and stuff. We had a we had a whole family Nerf gun fight in the garden, which he which he wanted to do, which was hilarious. Um, he obviously had the biggest and best gun, so that was that was frustrating. And then on on Sunday, uh, us and some of his mates went to a Ninja Warrior place, like Ninja Warrior UK uh, facility, where you can go and try stuff out. And it was really, really good fun, really good laugh. And then uh, we said to him, "Where do you want to go afterwards for something to eat with your friends?" And he chose Burger King. So well, I had I a busy and unhealthy weekend, but yeah, it was good fun, really good fun. We're knackered, me and my wife, absolutely knackered mm-hmm. from like. Putting on a party, baking the cake, wrapping the presents, planning it for months. Anyone listening not, to kids knows what it's like. We've Does not it? heard that in a while, have we, Liam? You know, oh, usually little... every podcast, Fred would go, oh, I'm knackered. Yeah. I'm knackered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so tired, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Four months. <laughs> it's, it's been a while since he's mentioned fast food as well, to be honest. Yeah, that's true, actually. A lot of Macca's chat early on. Fred, does uh, mm. Mini Fred uh, also quite partial to a Burger King Whopper? <laughs> <laughs> he is he is good lads brilliant good lad i was like what age do you think it's appropriate to buy a kid a gym membership just like you know asking, asking for a friend here oh he's just turned eight is he asking for it or are you just like hey man time to he, start he, he doesn't know what the gym is but like obviously i want to get him get him a head start on the other lads jim jim's an old guy down the street yes to avoid probably <laughs> like <laughs> to, to the young lad. 
it's very cool if anyone's watched ninja warrior they had the you know the wall at the end we have to run up this sort of curved wall and it becomes vertical and you have to climb up the top of it they had that they had a few different levels of that which was good um and my five-year-old daughter bless her was there she was trying to do that and like getting halfway up and then just sliding back down it was just very sweet but yeah yeah, had a good weekend good weekend liam how's your week been Mate, quite quite the opposite of that. Um, the most fun I got up to, I, I don't know if I'd call it fun, is I went wedding band shopping with my partner on Saturday. That's uh, mm. it's about as much fun I got up to. Um, it was quite funny though. As we as we went in there, we had an appointment, and the lady said um, to Daniela, she goes, "Oh, um, all the female wedding bands are over there," and it was like six shelves, right, full of rings. And I was like, "Oh, where um, where whereabouts do I look?" She's like, "Oh, just over there in the corner," and it was like a tiny little shelf with like six rings in it within two minutes <laughs> I, I kid you not within two minutes i was like i'll have that one yeah done <laughs> and then we sat down yeah. for 45 minutes while daniela just looked at 20 different rings yeah yeah sounds about right mate oh, sounds mate. about right yeah. yeah it's done though it's done it's over it's done hopefully it's i done. never have to do that again in the rest of my life so yeah. yeah, it's a positive set from isn't it? <laughs> Ho- hopefully, but you never, you never know, Liam. You never know. Oh, I'm joking. joking. Oh. Daniela, Daniela's going to be emailing me like, we yeah. Doing? Well, she doesn't the listen ring. anyway, so we're all good. Liam's done the rings. He's like, yeah, it's done. It's over. It's all finished. Like, mate, you've got no idea what's coming. You've got you. It is it is so far from over. Like, <laughs> you know that bit in Jurassic Park too, where Jeff Goldblum's like looking out the window and he goes. <laughs> Hang on, this isn't over, and the T Rex comes back for another hit. Park. Like that's that, that's what you've got. You think you, you think the T Rex attack is over? It's coming back, mate. Yeah, it's just <laughs> lurking in the background, right? <laughs> uh, sorry for comparing your future wife to a T Rex. Hello, Daniela. Hope you're well. She doesn't listen anyway, as you said. So I think we're all good. She's fine, mate. Moving swiftly on, coming up this week, guys, we are going inside the world's deepest elevator test shaft. We're also looking at the first residential buildings in Dubai's International Finance Centre and the BBC's new Birmingham headquarters, which is, quite frankly, gorgeous. whole thing is going to be sprinkled with some of your comments from the week and pretty much generally enhanced with some awesome witty banter. Let's do it. First up this week, we are looking at the world's deepest elevator test shaft in Finland. So this was very, very cool. This is a video that came out on the B1M yesterday. Basically, back in January this year, I travelled over to freezing Finland to check out what is a pretty simple looking building that happens to contain the world's deepest elevator test shaft. It is 362 metres deep and could comfortably swallow London's Shard, New York's Chrysler building or even the entire Eiffel Tower. This thing is terrifyingly deep looking over the edge down into it is horrifying but it was very very cool it is located in a place called tuturi which i have got right because i spoke to the locals and spoke to several finnish people who confirmed that it is tuturi so you know back back off internet i've been there i've spoken to people on the ground this is one i know i haven't got wrong right i haven't got it wrong. Tuturi. tuturi yeah <laughs> with a little inflection on the end tuturi um, uh, you sound French. That right? is, well, move. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> that is located about an hour outside of Helsinki, and it is owned by Finnish elevator company Kony. Now, you probably already know Kony and have seen the logo 
without realizing it. They are they're everywhere. Coney elevators, escalators on the tube. They are all over the world. Coney's systems move over a billion people every day on this planet, which is mind-blowing, mind-blowing stuff. You guys uh, come across a Coney elevator? No. If I'm being honest, I don't think I have. <laughs> I've come across their um, their rivals that are in uh, Prison Break. They make a big deal out of it in Prison Break, but I can't remember. I can't remember their name either. I guarantee but, you, mate. If you've lived on this planet yeah. for any period of time, you will have. You you couldn't move around even on the tube without getting some kind of Coney system. Yeah. Retrospectively, since watching the video, I was like, "Oh, right." I've been in this building, I've been in that building, and actually seeing, it's one of those where if you say the brand, I don't recognize it, but looking at the logo again through the video, it's like, oh yeah, no, I think I've seen that before. So there you go. There you next go next time you're in a lift, mate, have a look. Big chance it'll be a Coney. I think they, they do a lot of escalators as well, right? Yeah, the whole, most yeah. of the London Underground is a Coney escalator. When you get on, you see the little ah. Coney logo on the floor. Yeah, mm. very, very cool. Mate, the, um, the video though, this is, this is core reason what I love about the B1M. You know, we get to mm. showcase a site like this that is generally not very well known to many people, uh, you know, apart from the people that are involved or their customers. We get to film inside it. You get to go explore it. And then we, we get to tell the whole world about it, right? And I mean, if, if if who would have thought Finland, a country with no famous skyscrapers or no traditional big skyscrapers there at all would have a testing elevator shaft that could swallow the eiffel tower it's pretty phenomenal it's, it's amazing this is like the reason i started b1m like just to show the world what goes on in this amazing industry and to lift up things and reveal things that people don't know about or hadn't thought about is like you say it's just ridiculously cool it's a good point about you know finland doesn't have any real skyscrapers so for Kony, who are a finnish company to build an elevator test facility in their home country is pretty tricky it would mean either building a massive test tower and there are elevator test towers around the world Mm -hmm. you're talking about building a skyscraper effectively a super tall skyscraper over 300 meters high or digging an extremely expensive and very deep hole which again is pretty prohibitive in terms of you know cost time money all those kind of things so cost of money the same things shout out to my fantastic delivery here but you know what i mean um so what they did was they repurposed an existing mine and existing limestone mine within the country it's actually a working limestone mine they've repurposed one of the shafts or part of the part of the shafts within it and built 11 test shafts in that area within this working limestone mines very very cool the facility tests all kind of things from elevator endurance ride comfort aerodynamics speed energy use and safety so this place does free fall drop tests on skyscraper elevators where they drop the elevator car free fall and then test the brakes to stop it and hold it in position before it hits the bottom of the shafts and potentially causes you know catastrophic damage so that is that was a very very cool part of this 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 is unlike anything i've seen or come across before and to go and check it out was awesome beyond awesome bit of context for you on why something like this matters if you think about it, our skyscrapers wouldn't really work or even be viable without elevators. You're not going to want to live or work 100 stories up in the air if it means having to get 100 flights of stairs. These tall buildings only make sense if you have elevators and lifts to get up to the, the highest floors. It was the elevator, along with advances in steel frame and concrete construction, that enabled our skyscrapers to rise 
and skyscrapers have had a huge impact on our cities. They enable us to manage urban density. They help financial centers to thrive. As, as you know, we've done skyscrapers many times on this podcast and on the B1M. They're phenomenal structures, fully enabled by elevators. This is awesome, isn't it? It's mad, mate. It's mad. And when you think of how this company in Finland has kind of managed to get this reputation to be like to 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 become like the go-to uh, business or the go-to expert in this field, you know, whether you're in America or China, London, um, it, it I find it really bizarre. I find it bizarre that it's like they're still the go-to, despite the fact Finland's really difficult to get to. Do you know what I mean? Like people who are make, making these buildings that they're, they're from so far away. Um, but I think that's a testament to the quality of the brand, isn't it? And the quality of their work and the fact that they can go, yeah, well, we have a huge shaft and a huge mine that where we can test this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, they can actually, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? So Yeah, and like when you go there, it's this, it's this, as I said, it's a very sort of nondescript, small, you know, a couple of stories high building. It's mm. grey clad. It's in a freezing kind of, out of town area to Turi near Helsinki, it's it, you know, there's not a lot to it. It's very kind of understated, but mm. what they're doing there, what they're testing there, impacts the design and installation of elevators in countless tall buildings around the world, in countless cities around the world, but also you know elevators in in kind of less eye catching but significantly important buildings like hospitals, schools, hotels. Mm apartments you know that's that's where most of these elevators get installed but they, they they also enable some of the world's tallest buildings but all of that all of those things we take for granted over a billion people a day are moved by these systems and they all get tested and checked and kind of engineered in this little tiny facility up in up in finland it's amazing mm. it's ridiculous how much like lifts and or ele- elevators or um escalators are like a cornerstone of everyday life like it and again watching that video did make me think that hospitals shopping centers like it and it literally anything and everything if you live near a city or in a, even a big town it's it's so important but i take it for granted i take for granted the engineering in it I take for granted like the safety and the risks that kind of go through my head whenever I go into one of these. But it's like this video, even with all of the like the emergency breaks and stuff, if I'm being honest, I didn't really understand how that all worked. And I think it's because, you know, when it when something is maybe naturally a little bit scary, you don't always ask questions, do you? You don't dig deeper. You just kind of trust, well, I've got to do it, so I'm going to do this. Whereas this has honestly kind of put my mind to rest a little bit. Does that make sense? Do you it know does, what I mean? yeah. I think, the, I think that that's a natural tendency, particularly in tall buildings. I find, I don't know why I do it, but whenever I step over the threshold of an elevator, I find myself glancing <laughs> down the gap. <laughs> yeah, you did that the other day. You yeah. did that the other day when we were in the Novotel in Canary Wharf for a drink. You yeah, were like, I'm sort look of, down there. Yeah, I'm sort of like terrified and excited and thrilled by it at the same time. But you look down and someone said they've got the lights on in the shaft. You can see right down the shaft to the ground. 
and it's uh yeah it's terrifying it's pretty cool though i did it in um where is it hudson yards that was like 102 stories up that was very oh, cool no. looking down there yeah it's very very cool but no. it's you know imagine a world without escalators or elevators you know walking no. down the tube onto the stairs back upstairs again going up to the top of a 100 story building yeah you've got a nice fancy apartment up there it's a bugger to get to on the stairs great, <laughs> great legs though imagine the toning <laughs> imagine the quads absolutely it's a it's a it's an insight into how sort of what you guys are saying how construction actually affects every single person on the planet and they don't actually know about it or you, mm. you don't think about it right if you if you know if you don't watch the videos you don't work in construction you never actually get any insight into the industry you sort of take it for granted that like you're saying Luke, the engineering the construction the the design the accessibility that these um products give you absolutely mate absolutely i did anyway and but this this video just helped reassure me just a Mm. little bit fred (laughs) tell us about tell us about by the way fred your laugh in this is phenomenal you're doing like your classic nervous laugh you're going ha ha (laughs) it sounds like alan sounds like alan partridge or something (laughs) you lit there's this moment in the video where you look down you go ha ha Classic <laughs> oh no have i given you a complex now mate sorry totally sorry. totally ah well alan well. partridge what a great review of my Can delivery you, thank you for that I've, I've got some i've got some notes here and i just want some clarification on it right um the o- overspeed governor you have yep. speed governor what a name <laughs> mate <laughs> what a name <laughs> that's why that's why i think i uh i was like oh that's a weird name but that's kind of what i tuned into but yeah just explain to us like what that is so this actually why it's quite, called that. yeah it's like as we acknowledge in the video not the most exciting name um this actually ties into the drop test stuff so i'm gonna kind of explain that and i will get to your overspeed governor thing in context luke there's classic okay. fred Mills answer classic fred okay. Mills answer make it mm. long long-winded <laughs> Um, so basically, these this place is where they do, as I said, free fall drop tests on elevators. This is where the elevator car is basically dropped and travels at speeds up to 26 meters a second, and then its Ooh. brakes are tested, and they test breaking it to bring it to a stop before before the end. Now, it was a it's a very dangerous thing to do. Even even in a safe environment like this, it's quite a dangerous thing to do because if it goes wrong, you can have kind of catastrophic destruction at the bottom of the shaft. So. They they didn't do it when we were there, and it takes several weeks and months of planning to basically do one of these drop tests, which is which I found really interesting. So basically, they use a safety rig, which is like a dummy elevator. So it's not really an elevator car, but it's an elevator frame with the same wheels, same cable attachments, everything, and they mm-hmm. put weights in the middle of it, simulating different you know loads or people or elevator car designs. That is then lifted up to the top of the shaft and dropped. Basically, the overspeed governor is a machine at the top of the shaft where the cable and mechanisms are that looks at how fast the elevator is traveling. And if it starts traveling much faster than expected by around 20% faster, that is where the safety gears kick in. So they're basically these like triangular wedges with brake pads on them that are forced upwards, making contact with the guide rails that then bring the car to a halt. So imagine like two kind of triangle shaped pads. When they're activated, when the car's free-falling, they get wedged upwards by momentum, Mm. by the force of the elevator car falling. The pads make contact with the guide rails, and the friction Mm. on all four guide rails brings the thing 
to a standstill. It's very impressive. There's some footage of this in the video of a car being dropped, picking up incredible speed, 26 meters a second, and then being stopped before it hits the bottom. is. And it's not just like a sudden stop either. You can't just do a sudden dead stop because that would be very dangerous for people inside. It's a gradual braking stop like you'd have in a car. So Wow. Yeah. It's like, obviously, if you're in a free-for-all elevator in a skyscraper that has this happen you're not going to feel great. You might get knocked around a bit, but you would still be, you'd still avoid major injury and you'd certainly still be alive, which is obviously a really important thing. And what I thought was really interesting is I thought, you know, when something like this happens, is the elevator kind of written off? Is it, do the pads have to be, you know, just is the whole system ruined and you have to start again? And they said, no, they basically, they basically refurbish the pads. They, the specialist has to come out, maintenance team have to come out. They refurbish the pads and the thing can run again, which is which is pretty impressive. Obviously, they'll look at what caused the free fall in the first place. It doesn't happen again. But yeah, it, really interesting stuff. And it, as you say, it makes you feel safer, really, getting an elevator in future. Mm. I've got a question on the actual setup of the site, mate. Uh, I, I hope you can answer this because I usually pull you up on random questions sometimes put on the spot. <laughs> so they've got, they've got 11 testing shafts, right, on site. When you go down to the the cave, right, 200 meters down, is that just like a lobby area where all the other shout testing stations are or are they quite spread out around the site? Can you actually see where the doors are or the shafts from one point? You can't see all the shafts from one point. So basically there's one super deep shaft, which is the 362-meter one, which we went right down to the bottom of. That goes obviously from the top of the facility right down to the bottom. And when you're at the bottom, you're literally in amongst like – this very kind of damp granite rock it's very unnerving you don't really realize that you're that far underground because you went down from an elevator but mm. if you think about it too much it's like you know there's a lot of rock above you like you wouldn't be getting out of there really if something went wrong which i was kind of uh, trying to put to the back of my mind the other shafts are spread around the facilities there isn't as i said there isn't one place where you can look down them all but there was a free fall a specialist free fall drop shaft there was an escalator area. There were some other shafts which were smaller or wider for double deck elevators or things like that. So it was, it was interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the cave facility. So if you imagine this facility, there's uh, the top level, which is the the building above ground where there's like a reception area and there's like a little you know educational space and stuff. And then you go mm. down 200 meters, and there's this cave which they've turned into. They've they've again turned into an educational space. There's some examples of different uh, machinery down there. There's a very cool projector show. They've lit the walls up blue. It looks awesome. It's very like a like a Bond villain cave. It's awesome. And then from there you go down again, 362 meters to the very bottom. But you can't see all the shafts from in there. It's basically just like a, there's a map on the wall of where you are and stuff. Most visitors, when they bring visitors out there, get to go down to the visitor cave, which is 200 meters down. Uh, only only special people like Coney officials and famous YouTubers get to go to 362. Ooh. So, so you I got down we, there. Oh, I was going to say. <laughs> Why were you down there? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, mate. I was going to say. They this, made an exception. This, this is all. Uh, like, I feel like I've learned so much, and it, it, it's it's applied or it applies rather to my everyday life yeah and i think that's what's like really special about this b1m video in particular fred um i don't know if i'm like jumping the gun here mate but um i'm really excited 
about the prospect of what this new like kind of technology can bring. But um, toward the end of the video, you mentioned Ultra Rope. Yeah, um, which is again a very cool name, isn't it? It's a, Ultra it's a, Rope. It's a sweet name, mate. It's a yeah. sweet name. Um, why don't you talk us through this, and then we can? Because I want to get to something that I think is really, really exciting. <laughs> Once we've covered this, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So this is called Ultra Rope. Again, I'd love to be in that little brainstorm. Giga Rope, Mega Rope. What should we call it? Super Rope. They went with Ultra, Ultra Rope. Rope. Basically, Ultra Rope's good. We, as part of this tour, we got to see some of the massive motors they use to lift elevators to the very top of skyscrapers. Now, the higher an elevator needs to travel, the longer its steel cable needs to be. And that means more steel, which eventually means a lot more weight. Now, the problem is, at a certain point, you get to the stage where you've got too much weight in the steel rope and the elevator car and system isn't really efficient anymore. It doesn't really work anymore because it takes too much power to run and the cable becomes too heavy to lift. So basically, there's this kind of natural limit to how high an elevator can travel, and Coney reckon that is 500 meters. It will vary depending on the elevator system, but it's around 500 meters. That mm. is why very tall buildings have required people to change elevators on the way up to the top, because basically you can't just have one very, very tall shaft because the steel rope becomes too heavy. Now, what Coney have pioneered is this thing called Ultra Rope, which is a carbon fiber alternative to the steel rope. It is seven times lighter than steel, more durable, and excitingly, it can enable elevators up to a kilometre tall. So that goes far beyond anything we've built so far. The world's tallest building right now is the Burj Khalifa, 828 metres. There is obviously some talk around uh, Saudi Arabia's Jeddah Tower, which would be a kilometre tall. And as we understand it, Kony's ultra-rope system is specified to be installed in that tower. Oh, Wow. Like specifically that tower, because that's what I was going to ask about. To be honest, like the Jeddah Tower, does the, when when was this developed, and does and like at what point do you think something like this is going to help um, the Burj Khalifa be topped, for lack of a better expression? Yeah, so it's been around for a few years. It's already installed in many buildings around the world. You know, as part of this video, we talked to a, um, a firm down in Brisbane, in Australia, who are uh, working on a new skyscraper down there. They're installing mm. Ultra Rope. It's been installed on many, many buildings. Um, it was when you go around the Taturi facility, there are lots of posters and signs about the Jeddah Tower about how Ultra Rope is going to enable this tall building because Coney are literally specified to be part of that project. There's obviously a lot going on with Jeddah Tower. Spoiler alert, we've got an upcoming video on Jeddah Tower coming soon to the B1M, all about what's going on and what it would take to finish, which should be pretty interesting. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, they it, it was all go, and then things kind of ground to a halt around 2020. So, mm. yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. Okay. I won't I won't dive into that too much because I know we're going to be talking about it. But it's like with Saudi building all of these things, yeah, all of this tourism stuff. For me, it's like what you know. Go on, have a crack, have a crack at the uh, the next world's tallest building. I could see it happening. I could see it happening. Why not? Definitely, but, definitely. Yeah, I think an interesting yeah. part with Ultra that they told us, and again, this is in the video, is that the. The engineer who pioneered Ultrope and did some of the early testing on it did that testing in his finished sauna because it was a warm place to bend metals and test how things perform under heat and stuff, which was just like, 
It was hilarious. The Finnish loved their saunas. There was a sauna in our hotel. They talked about saunas. There were sauna signposts. Like it came up in conversation on a regular basis. They, yeah, they do love a sauna. And I have to say, given how ridiculously cold it was when we were there, I could see my, I could see the appeal of a Finnish sauna. Did you know I have one? I didn't. Mate. I didn't have a lot of a uh, lot of downtime in the old Finland. Also, as uh, regular listeners of this podcast might recall, eight weeks ago this week when I went to Finland, Finnair lost my bag, so I had one set of clothes <laughs> and uh, wasn't really carry on this time. Wasn't really dressed for a sauna. Yeah, ah, uh, should have gone. Should have gone, mate. Commando, you and Aaron would have been lovely, mate. Would have been lovely. <laughs> Team building. Yeah. Team building. Team <laughs> building. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, yeah. Let us know what you think about this, guys. A really cool 15-minute video that came out on the B1M yesterday all about the world's deepest elevator test shaft. I absolutely loved this. You probably see from the video that I was kind of a giddy with excitement walking around the thing and smiling all day. So, yeah. Let us know what you think. Get your comments coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. Also in the news this week, we are heading over to Dubai, where the International Finance Centre has started construction on its first residential buildings. So this is designed by LWK and Partners as a twisted cube, uh, which is very exciting. This is very interesting, very kind of eye-catching design. Uh, it's called DIFC, which is Dubai International Finance Centre Living and Innovation 2. Again, not a great name. Maybe come up with a better name than that. Uh, it's going to feature a 170 new homes, form part of the third phase of the wider DIFC Innovation Hub, uh, and it's and is going to basically be the next step in this district that's now home to over 600 growing tech firms. Whole thing is due to complete in 2025. There's going to be office space. There's going to be retail space. There's going to be some public space. As ever, you've got idyllic scenes, some lovely uh, palm trees. It looks very nice. Looks very kind of attractive. What do you guys make of this one? Uh, a little lackluster for me, if I'm going to be honest. When, mm. when I think of Dubai, I think Dubai spoils us with the likes of Burj Khalifa, Wanza, Bill, the Dubai Frame, all the all the cool, insane projects over there. So when I see this, I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm just not very impressed. I, I I could picture this in any city around the world, just just fitting in, filling the space. So. Ooh. Thumbs down for me, fellas. Filler, Ooh. filler, not killer. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, Liam, mate. I think you're. I think you're bang on the money. It looks like uh, an apartment tower that they're throwing up in uh, Elephant and Castle in South London, and they've just gone. Here you go. Here's a different. Here's a different bottom, and here's a different top. Just plumped. Mm. Right. Yeah. It literally here's, does. It literally yeah. does. Yeah, mate, and they've put palm trees there. They've just swapped the trees they'd have in the renders in London for palm trees because it's Dubai. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look like it doesn't look disgusting, but it does to me just look a bit random. Doesn't yeah. look like loads of thoughts gone into the design. It just looks like a generic. Yeah, it's not offensive, right? It's not offensive. Yes. It's not offensive that in. Being unoffensive, I find it a little bit offensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to build Fred. that in Dubai? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it could be a little bit more demure, even like a little bit more um, just just elegant, maybe even a bit more showy. 
I don't, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a few different sections have been lumped together. Fred, do you disagree with us? Are we being too harsh, mate? You're on mute, by the way. Bruv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Finally, one of us has done that. <laughs> Finally, one of us has done that. I'm so paranoid and about doing that. It was me. Lead <laughs> <laughs> by example, sniffles. mate. I've had the sniffles, right? So I was like, oh, I can't sniff on the podcast. So I muted myself yeah. and then, yeah, forgot. We I? get it. We get it. We've all been there. We've all, all been, been there. there. We've all been there. I agree. It's got a kind of a student architecture project vibe about it, which, uh, mm. again, no offense to student architects or Elephant and Castle residents or designers, but uh, yeah, not quite, not quite <laughs> that exciting, is it? Um, we're not alone in these views, guys. There are plenty of comments that back us up. Sam is saying Render 3 has a bit of life about it. But all the others are so flat and uninspiring. The design itself is all right. I quite like the top half anyway. So, as with, as always with Sam, very polite, very thoughtful, very intelligent, but not exactly a glowing five star review from uh, from Sam. Someone else saying, "Why does it look hella old already?" Yeah, <laughs> it does look it pretty does. dated. Does look pretty dated. Yeah. Um, someone else saying, "Thanks Dubai for copying the name of the IFC in Hong Kong. Very original. Classic." classic dubai and then for balance we've got someone saying well it's better than flat boxy architecture that has no soul mm, yeah mm, yeah is it i though? think it's a, i don't know i don't know about that i think flat boxy sometimes has you know a place in any any city but i think this is just saying that uh, to me that's like a poor response do you know what i mean that's like a weak response just saying oh yeah better than this is it that better though is it yeah. really it's like it could be know. worse Maybe I'm, not a great, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's not too mm. bad. Could be better. It's Could literally be what Liam was saying. Literally what Liam was saying. Like, oh, it's not like it's not offensive. It, you know, that's not like a compliment, is it? If you meet someone's, um, if your best mate brings home a missus, and you're like, oh, what did you think of her, guys? Oh, yeah, she's not offensive. That's not a compliment, is it? <laughs> it's far from a compliment, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just the immediate. <laughs> analogy i thought of I, I know it's not necessarily appropriate but yeah that's just like that's what i came up with oh yeah we met an elephant castle oh that's crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah uh, now going over from very glossy and exciting dubai to birmingham in the uk which is not quite dubai it's fair to say uh, the BBC have unveiled plans for their new headquarters in the city. Now, they have uh, offices and headquarters all over the UK, but they have lots of things in Birmingham, and this is the headquarters of Birmingham. Not the headquarters of BBC Global or anything like that, just the headquarters of Birmingham. It's going to be set in a new, uh, sorry, a former Typhoo Tea Factory. Now, if you're not from the UK, uh, we basically, we like our tea here, and Typhoo Tea is a pretty big tea brand, along with PG Tips, Tetley, Yorkshire Tea, and others which are available. Um, it's designed by Glenn Howells Architects. Project's going to see much of the historic structure of the uh, Typhoo Tea factory retained, but the interior is going to be fitted out to include offices, studios, and editing suites, all the kind of things you need as a broadcaster. There's also this very impressive atrium through the middle, which is going to help bring natural light into the deep plan building. And some really cool sustainability things like rainwater harvesting, uh, a sedum roof, and a lot of the energy being generated by photovoltaics, which is solar panels. Mm. Uh, whole thing forms part of the wider master plan to upgrade the Typhoo Wharf area. 
there are a lot of positive comments on this. I it's not the most exciting project, but in terms of like urban regeneration and adaptive reuse of a heritage building into something new, I really, really like this. Yeah. Yeah, me too, mate. I know the it it was only a few weeks ago we were talking about a new proposal in Birmingham that I that I felt in, in places, not the whole thing, but in places was a bit lackluster. And as someone who feels like Birmingham is their second home, you know, I'm always up there seeing family. Um, I feel like sometimes the city gets like let down, whether it's by planning regulations or investment, so on and so forth. When I saw this, mate, I was I was so joyful at seeing these proposals. I was so just optimistic about everything. I think it's I think it's actually perfect. I think it's perfect for Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham is obviously, um, it's an industrial city. It has a lot of an industrial history, doesn't it? And it's fitting that the BBC is going, well, let's take this kind of unused factory and and make it this this new media centre, this new media heart of the city. And um, not only that, mate, it's just so well executed. It's so well polished. The inside looks fantastic. It looks bright. It looks airy. It looks like the sort of place that you will want to just create. And that's what you know a BBC building should do. And the fact that you're doing it in an old building, you know, you're not knocking it down and creating something else that you've seen a million other times. It's something that's unique. It's special. Um, it's gorgeous, mate. I think this is absolutely outstanding. And I'm very, very happy for Birmingham. And it's a cool little area. Digbeth is like a trendy little area. Is it? So, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's kind of like the Shoreditch of Birmingham, you know. It's like up oh. and coming. Well, it's probably Shoreditch like a few years ago. It's like up and coming and like, like hipstery and that. So nice. do you think... The BBC BBC staff that live in London are a bit annoyed about the latest HS2 announcements where they figured they could just get the HS2 HS2 from the central London to Birmingham to work. Because no doubt there'd be tons of people that are going to work there that that will commute from London. So I bet they're they're hating the news on that. Yeah, it's already a lot of the staff moved to, because they opened a big thing in Salford in Manchester. And I think BBC Breakfast is there and some of the other big big things are there. And a lot of staff are complaining already about having to travel to Manchester or they've relocated to Manchester for it or they have places in both cities. I think the news operation, BBC News headquarters, is still in the broadcasting house in London, which is a very nice building. Um, They've kept that there, I think, because it's easier to get politicians, famous people, some of the big kind of anchor news people, uh, you know, mm. into London rather than it is elsewhere, which is which is interesting. But yeah, no, it's a good point, Liam. Like this it's a pain, isn't it? you it's all yeah. It's difficult to get from London to Birmingham right now. It's not a quick journey. Or as quick as it I could be with HS2. I actually didn't think of that and I feel like Liam's brought me back to reality a little bit. <laughs> He's grounded me a little bit. I'm saying, don't forget that you're not yeah. going to be able to get to Birmingham as quick as you think. Oh, go out to that I, old I, Compton Street or whatever it's called in the middle of nowhere. A re- a old old Compton. What's it called, Fred? <laughs> old Oak Common. Yeah, that's all right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> old Compton. I like that's it. The Close one. enough. Close yeah. enough. Um, I think I think the project's bang on as well, guys. I think um, the old meets new is fantastic. It's a typical yeah. UK style. Obviously, you've got to bring up the resemblance of Battersea Power Station. It, it's super similar. 
I love that old brickwork with the with the new modern um, mm. designs. Yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah, shout out to anyone in Old Oak Common. Like we we do actually like you and like the area where you live. <laughs> Apologies if we've done it down. Or where Elephant is Castle. it? Where it's- is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to forget again. But where is it? It is northwest, northwest London. Northwest mate. London. Yeah. yeah. Northwest West Wembley London. Direction. Yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Off my radar. Yeah. I really hope. I really hope they change all of that. I really, really hope we get an update, and they're like, "Oh, jokes. We're all good. It's going into Euston. Please, just <laughs> off Liam's radar. Liam's radar is Zone One. Literally, is it not in Zone One? <laughs> he ain't going. <laughs> very true, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few comments on this one. Someone saying, "Okay, this is actually fire culture, history, and architecture all in one," which I yeah. would completely agree with. Uh, another guy, Mike, saying the interior reminds me of where MI6 relocated to after their headquarters got bombed in Skyfall. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yes, but in a good way. I like in that. a good way, very good. Yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. No, uh, no social media policy pinned to the wall. I noticed, but uh, maybe that will change as the as the way to go on. <laughs> oh, it's been an interesting time for the old BBC, isn't it? But uh, yeah, good to see this being announced and progressing. I'm that's a very that. that's a very British joke, Fred. I think there's it a is. lot of people that aren't, but it's not important. It's no, not no, important. it was on the New York Times. Gary Lineker was on the New serious? York Times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was a big news story. Yeah. All right. Uh, right, message box. What has slid in this week, Luke? Right, message box. We got uh, two. Let's start off with two um, lovely reviews over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the first one is from N Nathan. Five stars. He's put the best. This is easily. This is easily the best podcast I listen to. It gives me information and makes me laugh. Like the beach in the Europe rail tunnel episode. The beach story, I think, is a Liam story. Keep up the great work, Nathan, from Canada. Isn't that nice? Oh, I think, I think the, the beach in the Europe rail story, I think he means where I was putting things on the beach in the female video. No, yeah, he's talking talk- about the tunnel. He's talking about Liam's uh, he's Prince talk- Albert story. Hands down, he's talking about Liam's story. The, the other beach story. <laughs> <laughs> um, earlier on, earlier on in the show, uh, you mentioned a Bond villain, Bond li- villain lair. Um, PMT 007 from the UK has given us a cheeky little uh, review. He says topist quality excellent podcast first of all three guys are extremely personable and the and are well informed and knowledgeable how about that liam oh wow i don't know how i made that list mate i know mate me too me too (laughs) you're on there too Uh, mate well done you know this guy (laughs) this guy is definitely a long-term listener he says the 90s film choices are excellent and the references to sticky nightclub carpets are very relatable (laughs) (laughs) educational from how buildings and infrastructure are created and all presented with a boyish enthusiasm most people should envy now here's the twist the guy says checks in the post and then did the did the little hand on face laughing emoji, uh, oh. implying that I've bribed him to <laughs> say this. Maybe I think. How much you get, mate? Uh, I'm not saying, mate. M&S voucher, twenty quid. Uh, PMT 007. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. A nice review, though, right? Nice review, Fred. Very nice. People are very, very mm. generous. Or, or you, when you make them up, are being very generous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's more like it, mate. That's more like it. And then uh, last but not least, we got a uh, cheeky email that I'm going to cherry pick from, uh, from Car- Clark. Clark from Germany. Um, and he says he's been binging some of the podcast recently. And what he really likes is the unforced atmosphere and the dynamic between us. Uh, the more casual characters of Luke and Liam and the more serious personality <laughs> of Fred. <laughs> with, with his in-depth knowledge with his in-depth knowledge about the topics, complement each other in a perfect way. <laughs> I Hang on, look at, listen to this. I assume that Fred is the head of those channels and Liam and Luke are his friends because he always <laughs> knows the facts and seems to have higher media competence. <laughs> oh. Honestly, um, I think that's my favourite. I think, I think that's my favourite <laughs> message. He's got, us, he's got us bang on, hasn't he? I, I am so dull and serious. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that he's like, you're clearly more media trained than Luke and Liam. <laughs> and, uh, and that he's, he's like, oh, he's just, got, he's just got Luke and Liam, his mates who he meets down the pub for a chat every now and then to come on a podcast. I mean, that's the whole angle of the podcast, so it's good to know it's working. Yeah, that's true. That yeah. is very, very true. It is the strategy. People think um, we've got good, good chemistry, it sounds like. The chemistry between us is cooking. Oh, oh, I don't oh, know if I go there. Oh. All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. We're, we're, bas- we're, Come we're on, mate. formal, <laughs> formal associate, associates, formal associates, nothing else. Um, yeah, but he goes on, makes some other points and stuff, but we're going to email back to him because it's a long old email. But thank you so much for sending that in, Clark, and all the reviews, guys. So if you're on Spotify, leave us a review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and we might read it out. Just make them good. Just make them good. Absolutely. So. Click that five-star button. Thanks for listening, yeah, guys. Mate. It's been an awesome week. Uh, Luke and Liam, you enjoyed it? It's been a good, lovely mate. time, mate. It's changed my life. It's changed my life. I will never get in a lift, and it is a lift, again, thinking the same thing. It's been mm-hmm. uh, an uplifting story. Oh. Ooh. Very good. Every Very radio good. episode to say that, mate. What do yeah, you say in Australia? Do you somewhere. say elevator or lift? Uh, elevator. New Zealand, same elevator. Rock, same, it? yeah. Lift. No, no, no one. I mean, no I don't know. I, you, you sort of use both. Mm. I'd, I'd, you'd, predominantly, I'd say elevator, but I lived in the UK. I suppose you pick up little words. Lift. Yeah. Yeah, I'd always say lift, being from the UK. I had to yeah. consciously say elevator because that's the standard. We were like, right, pick one. I do the whole video as that. Don't top and change. So, I love that you do that, but then you keep all the measurements and metrics. <laughs> and everyone blows up in the comments we're in America stop using That's metrics I love it I've seen it makes me laugh so, I see that so many other YouTubers say the same thing they're like we do if you do metric then some people get cross if you do imperial some people get cross if you do both everyone gets cross because they're like you shouldn't read both out because it just makes it really convoluted just pick one and do that <laughs> and then we so we were like right metric we're going to do metric and run metric and then we still get people going ow oh. For anyone actually watching in America, it's this. Well, 
People always moan when they make. Still watching, mate. They're still watching. <laughs> That's the thing. People love to complain, but they keep watching. <laughs> Guys, let us know what you thought about this episode. We want your comments and feedback. Get them coming in. Podcast at the B1M.com. And we're going to see you next week. Mm. <laughs> You're holding that in for 30 seconds, mate. <laughs> yeah, you know he has. You well, know I, kind he of, has. I kind of enhanced it a couple of times over as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, improved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know it, mate. You know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh.